Welcome. Hello, friends. I always I do it wrong. Well, no, hang on. <laughs> Sorry, let me get the squeaks out. <clears throat> okay. All right. Hello, friends. Welcome to Turtle Power Presents Power Playthroughs Podcast. Turtle Power. I'm your host, Turtle Power. This is a podcast where we play games in a powerful way. Except it's not right now. Now it's a podcast where we're doing Game of the Year 2020. And to help me out with that, my friend Evan is here. Hey. Hi, Troy. I'm here suddenly. What just happened to your audio? <laughs> Oh, I was trying to drum roll myself in, but I think I just beat my desk. Did I ruin that? <laughs> oh, no. You sound totally different. Did you unplug your microphone or something? No, nothing at all. Okay. Wait, we do I seriously sound different? <laughs> maybe Zoom just like recalibrated like what your uh, cutoff for, for your volume is. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I've already been recording for 24 minutes. We can't do more technical so... issues. <laughs> Okay. Um, All right, we're good. We're here here to scientifically figure out what the best game of 2020 that I played was for me. Um, And I have Evan here to help me out with that because I can't be impartial about my own experiences. So he's going to help me to be impartial. Um, Now, Evan, I I told you when I proposed this idea that I had a list for you of 25 games. Um, Yes. I've just done some checking and verified none of these games came out in 2020. And also, there are 27 of them. So you lied to me. Well, there was one game that wasn't on the list that should have been, and then also I beat a game today. Okay, I feel you. That's I can accept that. What I'm going to do, what I need, what we're going to do, the format for today is going to be that uh, I'm going to, for one minute each, tell Evan about these games. He's going to give it an initial score out of 100 based on my one minute explanation of the game and then we'll use that score to make a top 10 list and the top 10 we'll dive into a little bit further probably in a part two to this episode i think that's the game plan right that sounded about right okay sounds like what we were talking about yes um i think what i want to do i want you to pick the order that we talk about these games because again you're you're here to to make things impartial where once things were partial i don't think that's actually the right word um but so I've sent you a list here. Uh, oh, you've sent it to me. Thank you. I was writing numbers on my notepad. <laughs> Panicking. It sent it as an image for some reason. I, I'm, okay. Here's, here's it as text if you want to copy it somewhere, if that'll be easier. This, I, I, can, I can look at this and I can, I can make notes as needed. Jock notes on the notepad and, and go. Yeah, we it. got this. Okay. Well, okay. Timer up. Sure um, thing. What order to go in? Oh, I see number seven already. Are we going Okay. It's for you. It's for you. I understand. Okay. <laughs> I have to be impartial. This, this, <laughs> just, just as a reminder, uh, Evan is here to be impartial. Um, I'm here to be impartial. Scoring these based on how I describe them. Um, these are these are all the games that I've beaten in 2020, and we're going to figure out what the best game that I beat in 2020 is. Um, I, th- I honestly, I, I, I think it's just good to go down the list by number. Um, and what I can do is on, I don't know if you've got it open to keep track on your side, or if you want me to just mm-hmm. write down my scores, um, at, we can just keep it by the number that you have met. So just starting at one at the top of your list and working our way through to 27, um, we I'll give that. you a score based on that and by, based on your description in one minute. Um, and I'm cool with that. We can do that. Um, the order on here then is going to be roughly the order I played them in this year. Um, as near as I could figure it out when I made this list. So um, we'll start off with number one then is uh, Halo Reach from 2010. Um, I'll start timer. 
So Halo Reach uh, is chronologically the first game in the Halo series. I've played it before. I, I didn't remember beating it before, but I think I must have because it's not a very long game. Um, but it's pretty fun. Uh, I mean, it's got all the things you love in Halo. You shoot all kinds of aliens and stuff, and you fly cool ships around, and it's got pretty good set pieces. Um, it doesn't have subtitles, which was a problem because I was playing this game right after my baby was born, and I was playing it while he was sleeping on my chest. And you're you're in a squad in Halo Reach. That's one thing it does that a lot of Halo games don't do is you have like compatriots that are hanging out with you, um, which is cool because they'll be like, you know, you go left, I'll go right, but there's no subtitles, so do you better hope that you can hear them when they tell you which direction they're going. So like cool squad mechanics, but are kind of let down by the accessibility options. Um, but the the campaign itself was a lot of fun. I had lots of fun blasting aliens. Um, it was a, a nice bit of nostalgia to go back and revisit the Halo franchise and the very first one, which is based on the Halo Reach novel, which I really liked when I was a kid, but I don't know if it still holds up. And there's the timer. Okay. All right. Out of 100, mm. I am going to... Uh, I'm personally going to subtract because there's no subtitles. Every single game I play, I turn subtitles on. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's an important feature, especially for anybody who's hard of hearing or in a position where they can't listen to the game exactly. Um can at this stage can i ask you any small questions about the games i think it'll probably run really long questions very small questions because we got 27 games to get how how did you feel about the soundtrack i i don't do you even remember it again i I had a newborn i was forgettable sounds like it was forgettable very forgettable uh did you have any major crashes no, not any. I was playing on PC um, through Game Pass, no issues. Okay, sounds good. Um, hmm. Did this game give you any kind of, uh, what's the best way to compare to this? Any kind of like deep uh, feeling? Uh, mm, what, what do we call this? Uh, um, like the big, you know, you know those like deep moments where you kind of have like this weird big game introspective? You know, I, I can't remember any specific moments in that. Um, it, like I said, I had a lot of nostalgia playing it, both for this game specifically, but also just for the Halo franchise in general. But I mean, it had those like big epic set pieces that the Halo games are really good at, where like, like you know, you finish taking down a whole wave of enemies and you just go, that was pretty cool. But nothing like emotionally introspective. Okay, so it has it has memorable moments at least. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, not that stick out to me now a year later, now that I'm not sleep deprived, but in the moment they were like big moments. I just can't remember them now. You can't remember them. This guy can't remember them. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to subtract because it does not have subtitles. Um, mm-hmm. If it sounds like it has forgettable moments in the game um, and a forgettable soundtrack, those those don't sound like great traits to have for a game. Um I know that so you, you do have a lot of nostalgia for it, so I've got to give it at least a little bit of something for that. Um, I'm going to come out with, I think, uh, going from 100 is hard. <laughs> I, I'm, I've just, I just was, was just subtracting 10 for everything that just seemed like weird out to me, and, and I've come up with 75. Uh, and, I, and I added you a five back because you said there was nostalgia to it, and it meant a lot All to right. you. So uh, based on what you have given, the information you have given me and the questions I asked, 75. 75. Perfectly scientific process. I'm sure you're not going to adapt how you do your scores at all by the time we get to the end of the list and make the numbers at the top of the list invalid at all. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to do it was one a year ago. Timer. 
I'm gonna do a one minute timer for your follow up questions as well. Oh shit. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's probably gonna so, be the same. Th- the, the questions are just gonna be follow up with that. Uh, pretty much. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, number two on the list is my friend Pedro. Uh, this is a crazy side-scrolling shooter where you do like tons of flips and stuff in slow motion and you shoot a whole bunch of people and you play as a guy who's got some sort of psychosis or something. He, there's a talking banana that he hangs out with. Um, I'll tell you now, soundtrack on this one was pretty cool from what I can remember. Um, and it, it was just like fun, over-the-top side-scrolling action. It was difficult. I, I think I played this on easy mode, if I remember, and it was still had difficult moments to it but not like hugely unfair difficult, more the like, all right, this is tough, but I realize what I did wrong and I know I've got to just get the pacing a little bit better, get the rhythm a little bit better. Um, visually, it was a really cool art style. It, it had a crazy story. Like, I mean, for a side-scrolling shooter game, it had a pretty in-depth story with this weird banana guy. And then you go into like a weird trip at the end. Like the end of this game is buck wild. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I liked it. I ran out of things to say before my timer went off. Were there... All right, do you want to start this timer up for me now? It's, it's going. It's okay. Going oh, sh- oh, crap. Time. All right. Uh, is there any one particular moment in this game that you think you will remember? No. Okay. There's no particular moment in this game that I do remember right now. I mean, it just, I just... I remember it like I remember the John Wick movies. Like, I don't remember specific moments in those movies. I just remember like... (laughs) Okay. Um, How were subtitles if you needed them? (laughs) I don't remember. I don't don't know if you would need them on a running gun, though. Um, I think it had some dialogue, but I I honestly don't remember. Uh, Ooh. Uh, Was there any any big-time game-breaking bugs or anything that you stuck out with as as being upset with or unhappy with during the experience? No, the the difficulty was uh, occasionally there were things where it was like, I'm pretty sure I shot that guy, but that was pretty rare. Like, I, I think mm. I had that less than I have in a lot of other games. The difference is that this is a like pretty punishing game. Like if you get shot a couple times, you're going to end up starting the level over again. Um, so those moments stood out more. Okay. All right. Okay. That's your time. I think uh, based on what you're talking about, I might give this an 85. An 85. You, you seem pretty hype up on it. It's, you seem to like it quite a bit. Uh, and it sounds like you like it more than Halo. <laughs> That's tough to say. Oh, oh, well, no, that will change everything. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I can't be impartial. That's why you're here. That's what I need you for. Um, next on the list is Anodyne. Anodyne is a top-down adventure game. Think Link's Awakening. That's that's going to be the closest point of reference for the visuals of it. It's a game where you are inside of dreams maybe and you have a broom as your weapon it's much more based on puzzle solving than combat but it has some combat and it just has a weird story with weird characters it's very like trippy and psychedelic um this was again still in the like baby brain time period of the year for me and fit into that wonderfully because like I don't think this game would have made any more sense if I was getting eight hours of sleep than it did when I was getting two hours of sleep, but I loved it for that. Um, It has a sequel. I played a little bit of the sequel. Like I liked it enough that I checked out the sequel, though uh, I haven't spent too much time with that yet. Super cool music too, like really trippy, weird music from what I can remember. Chill, trippy, and weird music from what I can remember. And no crashes, no bugs. Nice. Oh, you're getting good at this one minute. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, so you said it was really trippy and is really unique. Uh, does this stand out as a game that you have not seen before? Yeah, I would say so. Like the, the gameplay, like I said, felt very similar to Link's Awakening, but the 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 whole presentation felt unique, even though there were a lot of echoes to Link's Awakening. Okay, echoes aren't always a bad thing. Um, one mm-hmm. question I would definitely have is um, if they have too many echoes towards a game, such as copying exact mechanics or um, detracting mechanics and not improving on their own. Were there good game mechanics that you recall saying, okay, I, I like that this is a departure from uh, this top-down RPG adventure? Yeah, the way that it did puzzles was fairly unique, I would say, and most of them were really good. There were a couple places that I got stuck and had to do uh, a little bit of game FAQing to figure out where I was supposed to go next, but that's not uncommon for me in a puzzle. I've got a, a, the, the strategy guide for Spirit Tracks is sitting right next to me. Like, sometimes I just <laughs> want a guide. No, I can understand that. Um, anything else that would stick out to me um, is, does this game have that moment that you would think back to? Um. Okay, so your timer's up, but I'm going to allow you this one because I, what I will say on this one is it didn't have a, a specific moment, but it has like the whole mood of this game, the whole atmosphere is something that stands out to me. Like my friend Pedro was like a good run and gun action game, but I've, I've seen a lot of good run and gun action games. This felt different. Hmm. Trying to detract as much as I could based on the way you told it, I wound up at 105 points. So <laughs> I, I add points when I hear stuff that I like, and then I hope to detract when you when you give away stuff that you don't like. And I, I did take a little bit away. It sounded like there were some um, some small issues, even if it's stuff that's like not dead for you know dead obvious during a mm-hmm. uh, a puzzle game. Having to pull up a guide to look through it isn't always great but understandably you are the kind of person that that is but you're also the kind of person that played this game and i'm i'm reviewing the way you reviewed it um i i don't know that this at the end of the day would you call it a good game or a great game that's the last i I am going to ask that question um i i really enjoyed it i I would struggle to call it a great game without revisiting it, I think. Um, Because I I think that it had a couple of those puzzles that were just convoluted enough that it would probably hold it back from being a great game. But that might have just been because I was sleep deprived. Right. But if this this fit at that perfect time in your life, the experience itself is something that we cannot detract from ourselves. Right. I'm going to give it a 90. um, Okay at the end of it I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a 90 based on the last thing you said and um the overall experience sounded fun and it sounds like a fun game um uh, and it sounds like you had fun with it and that's the most important yeah. part okay. definitely i like it next up is blasphemous from 2019 i backed this on kickstarter back in 2017 because it was a brutal side-scrolling uh castlevania style game um, set in uh, Spanish religious lore. And I thought it looked amazing. And then I waited and waited and waited and I finally got to play it. And it's it's really good. It's a great Castlevania game, which is a franchise I'm not hugely familiar with. Um, but it was really good. It's really hard though. Like, like really hard. Even the bosses, I mean, the bosses of course are hard, but even just regular enemies would kill me pretty regularly. 
platforming in it was not good. I think it actually got updated since I played it with uh, an update that made the platforming like detection boxes a little bit better. But I died probably as many times to just not quite making a jump as I did to enemies because everything in this is just really clunky. But that's by design. Like everything's supposed to feel heavy, similar to Dark Souls, which is the other comparison this game gets pretty frequently. All right, you died because of BS. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, the difficulty, do you think it was related to skill or just um, some things that either weren't translated, controls may have been clunky, or do you think it really was a, this was designed to be this hard and I just need to get better? Um, the places where it felt, both. Some places it felt like this is supposed to be hard and the fact that it's hard is enjoyable. Some places it was like, this is a platforming challenge where there's wind blowing and it just sucks. And like, it, it is driving me nuts that I just can't make this jump. And then when you die, you have to walk like two minutes to get back there just to die all over again. So I'd say there was a mix of some places it was hard because it was supposed to be. And some places it was like, man, I wish this wasn't this hard. Did any of the boss fights like linger with you? Um, the bosses visuals did. This game has upsetting character design but the boss fights themselves didn't like this the patterns oh like i know this this game is very uh it's compared to dark souls a lot during the advertising Mm -hmm. um and i remember that being a comparison for me dark souls i remember uh struggling through those boss fights but i remember them i remember the mechanics switching up i remember the fights i remember having to change my play play style and this sounding like it's not that that's memorable but that's just the visual i need to detract for that i'm going to give this a 60 based on what you've given me right next still sounds like a good game (laughs) yeah if you like hard if you like castlevania and you also like being mad at a video game then it's a good game. Next up is Donkey Kong Country Returns uh, Tropical Freeze from 2014. I played this Frozen on Ape. the Switch. Um, Frozen Ape? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played this on the Switch where you have the, the funky mode um, option, which makes the game a little bit easier. Um, it's a fun game. It's really good. It's a really good side-scrolling Donkey Kong game. Great music, um, really good level design, a lot of great like flow states where you like are just running and jumping and bouncing and like you 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 can feel the pattern that the game designers wanted you to follow the funky mode actually breaks that a little bit sometimes because funky can do like extra jumps and stuff and so sometimes it's like even though it's easier with funky kong you actually can't play the level quite as well when you're playing as funky kong which is kind of interesting um i i don't i I remember there being some frustrating levels in this game, but this one definitely felt fair when it was frustrating. Like it was a fine-tuned platformer that I just wasn't getting the timing right on. It didn't feel like there was BS happening in that regard. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, Playing with a mode that has been added that Mm -hmm. specifically seems to have not been... uh, intended to be played Uh, so if it did not follow the level flow that was originally uh, put into the game and and it ruined the flow of the levels and where you get that that's that's not a great um experience overall did you still find the game playable at that point or was did it seem like uh, there was something missing well what i ended up doing is i played on the funky kong mode because that gives you extra health but i didn't use funky kong because using funky kong is what felt like it broke the flow but Playing in the Funky Kong mode and using Donkey Kong meant that I still got that flow correct if it felt right, but without um, or with, with some extra health. 
did the soundtrack stick out to you? Yes, definitely. This this is a really okay. good soundtrack. This is one I, I haven't listened to it since, but this is one if I needed to just like zone out to some music, I would put it on. What was your favorite moment in this game? Um, there's okay, this is a favorite moment because I hated it. The the world that bothered me the most is this juicing world. You're going to like a factory that's making juice out of fruits, and it was freaking hard, but I really enjoyed the design of that world because there was like lots of like hammers coming down to smash watermelons and stuff. And you had to like time jumps in sync with those. And most cases, those timing things synced up with the music as well. And so that world was really hard, but it also was very satisfying to play in. That sounds really nice. Um, based on what you've given me uh, and I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the funky mode uh, based on what you've given. It sounds like they kind of went back when they came to the switch and said, here, let's throw in an extra character that doesn't follow the flow and let's give everybody extra lives because we know he doesn't follow the flow. Um, I'm going to give it an 85 because you seemed pretty positive on it. If it had a very memorable soundtrack and, and memorable gameplay, memorable gameplay um, I mean, that's that's only beneficial for the experience itself. So I'm, I'm going to roll with an 85 on that. I'll take it. Uh, next up on the list is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which came out last year in 2019. This is six, correct? Yeah. Number six on the list. Okay, cool. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a game that is kind of structured like Metroid Prime in that you're like going to different areas and exploring through that area and finding connected pathways and stuff. But the combat is third person action. You use your lightsaber to um, deflect stormtroopers bolts back at them and to get into lightsaber fights with some people and stuff. Um, the story was pretty good. I really liked this Star Wars story. Um I really like the character, although I can't think of his name right now. Um, the combat was good. I believe I played this on the normal difficulty. I know a lot of people stepped it down to the story difficulty, and there were times that I was tempted to. There might have even been times that I did that because um, this game wanted to be Dark Souls-like, and I hadn't played enough Dark Souls at the time that I played this to say if that comparison was accurate, but I will say that the combat was definitely... It was tough at times um occasionally unfairly so but most of the time it's just like there's a lot of enemies and they are oppressive and like i'm a jedi i should be able to beat them but it's hard to do okay hmm. how many hmm. okay i know that when this game came out there were a lot of bugs and issues that people experienced did you play this close to launch pretty close to launch i would say i played it in probably like march and it came okay. out i think in late november did you see any of those kinds of issues? Anything that seemed out of place? Um, I don't remember having any bugs, issues with this ones. At, at least nothing major. I mean, I, I think with a game like this, I kind of expect to encounter some bugs. So it's possible that I came across some and it was just, it felt appropriate. Um, I don't remember there being anything terribly standout. Do you remember there being any moments where you were kind of lost as to where you should progress the game? Uh, any kind of places where you didn't know where to head next? Yeah, definitely. Um, and and only one big one, but I remember there was one point where I was just like, I don't understand where I'm supposed to go on this planet. Like I, I was in the right planet, but I couldn't figure out where I needed to go. I was like lost within the the kind of maze of the planet. Yeah. Um, how much time and do I have? timer just went off i moved oh. the timer away a little bit and i think i moved it too far away i'm i realize that's probably a really annoying sound for the listeners oh no it's like a fun little surprise tone okay <laughs> well uh based on what you said that um the being lost and not knowing which direction to head next 
there's something to be said about games where you have kind of an open world that's somewhat on rails. A lot of Dark Souls games are like that. You know, you start it at a certain area and your end goal is to end up at the end of that area. It might have several <laughs> endings that lead to new areas, but at the end, you kind of know which direction to go. Um, right. Getting turned around is easy in Dark Souls. And I know this game was very much modeled after that, but still getting to a point where you're, you have literally no clue where to, what to do next. And it's something that is either um, wasn't obvious or maybe just didn't really stand out. It, and that's, that's a big detriment to me. Uh, I think that takes away a lot, but uh, overall it seemed like it was, you had a, a decent time with it. Um, I think I'll roll with a 65. 65. All right. Um, next is Red Dead Redemption 2 from 2018. 100 can do no wrong. For this game. Um, I liked the first Red Dead Redemption quite a bit. It took me a long time to beat it. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 also took me a long time to beat. Um, the story in this one was okay. Uh, it wasn't as engaging to me as the story from the original Red Dead Redemption. Um, I think in large part because I didn't like the main character very much, Arthur Morgan, and I didn't like uh, Dutch very much. So like the two big characters in this, neither of them were super appealing to me. Um, Gameplay wise, you do a lot of riding a horse around. It's a beautiful game, but you do do a lot of just riding a horse around from place to place and then back and then there again. Um, The end of the story was strange because this game like understands that it doesn't have a satisfying conclusion i guess with arthur's character so spoilers at the end he plays a different character for like a surprisingly long time um just doing nothing just for mood i guess like there's no plot it's (laughs) i like that you just had to shit on it just at the very end there um judging from I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take an extra ten points away from it because you really didn't like that ending. Um, mm. I, it sounds like you it was a a beautiful game to play. Did you have any big moments that stuck with you through the game? Anything that you would you could really remember? This does much like Anodyne. It's like the the mood of this game is what stuck with me more than um, individual moments. There were a couple like cutscenes that were pretty cool and stuff, but but the bigger thing for me was just like the world was absolutely gorgeous and. The first time I saw a new place, I was constantly astounded by it. And then I would have to ride through that place 18 more times and it became <laughs> a little bit less astounding. Um, how did you like the soundtrack? You mean the one song where they build a house and sing a weird song about it? What? It <laughs> There's, uh, that, that game. Okay. I think that there were, <laughs> that's it's from your experience. If that's what you remember, I'm taking away points from it uh okay um hmm. there's your timer okay i've been watching i I was telling you the other day i've been watching the video of this guy building the building the little cabin on his property and every time i watch that video i just imagine that dumb song from red dead redemption playing over it (laughs) them getting drunk and singing while you you press up to to lift and over to move yeah dude it's great it's all it's it's wonderful um i did have one last question that i am going to scooch in there um how did you like the gameplay when there was a gameplay? I know you mentioned that there was a lot of horse riding between places and this game has a lot of shooting intensive missions where it's just yeah. gunfighting. Um, um, the, I, the gunplay was fine. I didn't have any severe complaints about that. Um, I guess the, the complaint that I would have about it is that Arthur Morgan kills a lot of people. Like it is, that that's the problem that i have with the gunplay is you just kill so many damn people and it's kind of unbelievable like 
there should not be anybody left alive in Montana based on what this game has told me of its history. Yeah, I, I can understand fantasy that. Fantasy Montana. <laughs> How, for me, for me personally, the missions that, that didn't involve just gunfighting, but that were like something like a new experience that were kind of unique. How did you like that? A, a lot. Like the one that stands out in my mind is where you take the hot air balloon over the prison. Like, oh my gosh, that was dope. Like, it was so cool. In a video game, like I it, loved- it had. This game has a ton of great stuff in it, and then it has a lot of just riding your horse from place to place so that you can shoot like 30 guys and then ride your horse to another place to shoot another 30 guys who I guess all deserved it, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to, my score came out to a 75. I'm going to give it a 70 because I know that you had a, a rough time with it. Um, okay. I know you had you had some, some downsides and I know that that ending was different for you, um, but it sounds overall like it was a good experience. It's just that there were a lot of boring moments for you or uh, that's what the real detraction was is there's a lot of violence and there's a lot of just riding on a horse. Yeah. Okay. Next on the list is Transformers Devastation from 2015. I have never been a huge Transformers fan. Like I like it in the periphery because it seems like something I should be into, but I never really watched it a lot as a kid. Um, but this game was fun. It's it's this was the total like popcorn third person action game. It it wasn't outstanding. It was just a fun game where like you play as big robots beating the crap out of other big robots as you move through levels. Um the combat felt pretty good. There was cool combos where like you'd be like punch punch transform into a car and do a burnout to hit you with the trunk of my car and then go back into robot mode and do some more punches. Um, the soundtrack felt very appropriate to a Transformers game, which is that it felt, you know, kind of cheesy and 80s-ish. Um, the visuals are outstanding. If I recall, this game's all cel-shaded, so, like, it has, it, it kind of does a good job of that feel of, of bringing a cartoon to a 3D video game. Um, and, I mean, it, it was enough fun that I played the whole thing. Like, nobody was telling me to play Transformers Devastation. I just popped it on because I wanted an action game, and then I ended up playing the whole thing because it was pretty fun. How did you feel uh, the story went? Um, the story was that, see, there's these good robots and then there's bad robots and the good robots are fighting the bad robots. And they <laughs> sure do fight them a lot. Okay, I'm going to take a good bit of points because there's no story. Uh- <laughs> I mean, there was a story. It's just I didn't care. I wasn't there for the story. I was there to have the good robots punch the bad robots in the face real hard. Can you tell me any specific moment from that game that was related to the story? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> think they went to the moon are you sure it was even the moon <laughs> no okay um so it sounds like you had some cool combos were there a lot of those kinds of uh, unique moves or was it just kind of like one per robot or um no there, it, it felt like there was a, like punch strong I, I think it had a light attack and a strong attack and depending on how many of each you did you did a different combo but i feel like i fell into kind of a rhythm of like a punch or like punch punch kick punch punch kick type thing you know that yeah. you, you tend to get into when you play this kind of game so do you remember uh, go ahead do you remember if there was any of those big moments where you were kind of lost in the in the playing field or you could you didn't know which direction to head next to continue the game rarely this is fairly linear it's it's you know it kind of presents itself like it's open world um, because you're like in a city, but there's basically a corridor made out of buildings that you're going down to, to get place to place in most cases. So it was, it was pretty straightforward in that respect. Would you call this a good game? Oh, Yo, you're making a face. I'm taking points away for that. <laughs> I would call it a good 
third person, a, a good mindless third person action game. Like I, I played this this entire game listening to a podcast, which is probably why I don't remember the story very much. And, and it was great for that. It was just kind of zone out and punch robots. If you if, want to zone if, out and punch robots, it's a good game. If you want to understand the depth of Arthur Morgan's depravity, then no, this is a terrible game. Listen, I thought this was Transformers, not uh, continue shitting on Red Dead Redemption 2, my favorite <laughs> game. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna give this a 50. Uh, it, it seems like it was, it was low down there, not a lot stuck out. Sound like it was kind of just bare bones. Hey, here's another Transformers game, and that's what it was to you. A podcast mm-hmm. game is good to, if you want to listen to podcasts, but as far as the experience, it sounds like the podcast enhanced that experience. Not, you know, it wasn't you had a podcast and this game. So, uh, you know, to me, I think podcast games are great. I think that they fit a specific need and they, they do what they need to do, but listening to a podcast because you don't care about uh, the game story <laughs> and stuff like that, that's not, that's not good on the game. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sticking with fair, this 50. I listen to a podcast almost constantly when I'm playing video games. Like I'll pause, I'll pause when the story is happening, but I'm usually listening to a podcast while I play a game. Okay. Um, Transformers are probably didn't pause it when the story was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when I can punch robots. Um, the next up is Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, uh, which came out in 2019. Copy and paste everything I said about Transformers Devastation here. That's my starting point um, because it's very similar. It's an action game. You beat up a whole bunch of people. Um, the difference is you get a whole bunch of Marvel characters to play as. Um, this game has RPG elements that uh, mean that you can level up your character. You can level up different moves to your character. It has challenge modes that you can go into so that you can like unlock a black suit for Spider-Man and stuff like that. Um, you're fighting against Thanos is the story ultimately, collecting the Infinity Gems to fight against Thanos, which is pretty cool. Um, his uh, disciples or whatever are, are villains that you fight throughout the game. Um, it does a good job of having different characters in different settings. So like you do a whole level at Xavier's mansion where you unlock a bunch of X-Men and then you end up going into like some weird alternate reality with Dr. Strange. And um, it does a great job of that. Like it, it brings characters in in places where they fit, but then you constantly have a team of four with you. So you can choose which characters to bring with you as you go through. There's cool combos within a character and also with other characters, like two characters can combo together. <laughs> you can finish that thought. You can finish that thought. I think it's just that 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 the action is like uh, button mashy, but that there's constantly cool things happening on screen as you mash the buttons. A lot of cool visual stuff. That sounds really good. How was the soundtrack? I don't recall. Okay, no memory of the soundtrack. Um, were there any big moments of this game that stuck with you that will follow you for a while? Yeah, there there was some cool boss fights. The in particular, I remember one against Doc Octopus um, that sticks with me partially because it was a cool boss fight, but also partially just because it was um, in a challenge mode that was very difficult. And so I did that boss fight a lot, but it had cool patterns where like he would like swing his arms around and then he would do a pound attack. So you had to like be ready to jump at different times and stuff. So there was some cool rhythms to that. Okay. Um, hmm. Did you run into, I'm, I'm struggling for questions now. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for it. It sounds like it, it's a decent game. Uh, it sounds like baseline you're starting uh it's a blockbuster title turned into video game. Let's have fun with it. Or, you know, old cartoon turned into video game or, or what have you. So uh, I feel like this game might wind up as a good 70, 75, based on what you've said. You okay. seem pretty positive on it and uh, not, you know, yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem like it. this is a, a great game or, but it's, it's up there. Do you want me to put it at 70 or 75 for the record? Ooh, for the record, 75. I'll give it to you. Okay. <laughs> um, 
The next one on the list is 007 Agent Under Fire from 2001. Um, I never played this game when I was younger. Or, or if I did play it, I didn't remember it. I didn't remember the story, at least. Um, the story is buck wild. I'm trying to remember. I played two Bond games in a row. Yeah, this is the one with clones. So this is a James Bond game. Uh, it's a first-person shooter. It's it's made by EA. It's what you expect a James Bond shooter to be. It actually has a surprising amount of gadget usage um, in it, including some places where there's branching paths that you can do, like depending on which gadget you want to do. Do you hack a door or go in through a vent? That kind of a thing. Um, but the story is all about some people who are making clones, and they're trying to clone a whole bunch of world leaders from the UN, and they're going to murder the actual world leaders and instill their clones in their place, which even for the James Bond franchise is, is, is a bit out there. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool in that regard. Um, it does an okay job of letting you stealth. It has a pretty good variety of locations that you play in, including a cool level on a uh, like warship, which is where the UN uh, ambassadors are being abducted from. Um, I don't remember who the main villain was, but okay. I remember that he had twin Asian secretaries, except for it turns out they're not twins. They're, um, they're clones and they tell James Bond to enjoy the view the first time he shows up, and then they turn around and walk away, and James Bond looks at their butts and says, I will. All right, minus 20 James points. Bond sucks. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, it sounds like you had a good game. How did it hold up compared to modern games? It sounds like the story was the best part. Um, no, this, I mean, the story was weird uh, and memorable for being weird, um, but the, the gameplay itself was okay. I mean, this was early twin stick shooter days um but not this was the gameplay held up better than goldeneye like goldeneye doesn't actually hold up when you try and go play it because it doesn't feel like a first person shooter feels like today this felt just like an old first person shooter god i keep forgetting to start your time raven haha i have plenty of time (laughs) um i don't remember this game very much at all uh did it have a soundtrack I mean, it. yeah, it sounded like, you know, a cheaper version of a James Bond movie soundtrack. Okay, cheap um, soundtrack, kind of forgettable. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, it makes use of the James Bond theme really well. Like, whenever you do something cool, it's like, hey, you did 007 bonus, and it was... No, no, no. Yeah, like, it did that well. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to call that your time. Okay, that's fine. BT that's jumps. absolutely fine. I, I'm, I'm feeling a 70 on this. All right, we'll give it a 70. Next up is Nightfire, the, the, the sequel to Agent Under Fire. Um, this game uh, also has cool stealth stuff. It starts off with that first mission where you have to infiltrate a castle and you can like hop in the back of a truck or you can sneak along the edge of a cliff face. It gives you some options on how you do it. Um, and ultimately, this one, the bad guy is trying to, um, he's, he's moonrakering it, except for it's a laser. So that's actually Die Another Day. That's the premise for Die Another Day, is that they're building a laser out of a satellite. And that's what he's trying to do. And you have to go to space to stop him. So you go to space in this one. Um, lots of vehicle segments in this one. The driving is actually pretty cool. And you get to drive, I believe, an Aston Martin as well as like a combat SUV. You fly a plane at one point. Um, you're, you fly, you, oh, it's not an Aston Martin, it's a Vanquish, and you go underwater with it, it turns into a submarine in a level that I remember very vividly from when I was a kid, but playing it again, it was freaking hard because there's submarines all over the place, and you have to, like, be sneaky driving a car underwater, which is tough to do, um, but still fun, like a fun level, but a difficult level. I think I turned the difficulty down when I got to that level, because it's just like, I can't anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have any actual questions for this one. Um, okay. I, uh, I do have a statement in Aston Martin Vanquish. 
That's is that's that my statement. That yeah, it is. It is an Aston Martin. Oh, he okay. always has an Aston Martin. What is wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I've only watched all the Bond movies this year for Podcasters Assemble season three over on probably exactly. Uh, did you um, feel like the story was more memorable than the the previous one? Um, the story overall was about the same. What is memorable is that this has a bullshit ending to the story because the ending is like you finish the the mission where you have to infiltrate the island base or whatever so you can get on a spaceship and go to space and there's like a thing where they're like all right you're gonna infiltrate the space station now be sure not to kill any scientists and instead it just takes you into the boss fight at the end they're clearly like was supposed to be a level where you fought through a space station and they didn't get the game done in time and so they just dropped it but the cutscene sets you up for this level that doesn't exist oh my gosh it sounds like uh too many game testers definitely shot the astronauts <laughs> uh, I think I'm actually going to roll with this at a 70 going to the moon is great uh, and sick and awesome. And I think that that's, that's wicked cool, but it sounds like the detriments of this game are still there. Um, and uh, that, that submarine level sounds like hell. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something here. Kevin. I'm going to say you gave agent under fire a 70 and you're giving Nightfire a 70. I think you got to move one of these two up or down by a point. Well, I got to ask you, which one do you like more? Nightfire. Nightfire. Uh, then you know what? You know what? Because you're willing to admit it, give it 10 more points. Oh my gosh. Up it up to an 80. An 80. Right. That's that's what I was hovering around. I'm just like, man, I my my previous system, I've already I've already thrown it out the window. <laughs> I was starting at 100 and then trying to detract, and you kept telling me all these cool things about the games. And I'm like, God damn it, you're not supposed to tell me what's what's cool about it. <laughs> right. I'm just gonna get a vibe. I'm just rolling with a vibe. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're what at 12? We're at 12, which is Gato Roboto. Gato Roboto is uh, self-stylized as a Meowtroidvania because it's a Metroidvania-style game where you play as a cat in a mech suit and you're exploring a space station because your owner's spaceship crashed and he needs you to, I don't know, return power to the space station or something so you can save the day. Who cares? You're a cat in a robot suit. You go around blasting frogs and shit. Um, it's all black and white. Very cool visual style. Very, like, it looks like an old Game Boy game except for everything's beautiful and silky smooth. Um, I remember this having a pretty cool soundtrack. Nothing's like coming to mind, but I remember liking the soundtrack in the moment. Um, very cool level design. Um, like I said, it's a Metroidvania style game. So you're doing a lot of like circling back on the map as you uncover new abilities and stuff. I got stuck a couple times in that, but not like stuck the way you're supposed to get into Metroidvania where it's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go like revisit every room I've been to until, oh, duh, that's where I'm supposed to go um cool power-ups cool boss fights really cool boss fights that took a lot of dexterity to beat um but fair boss fights um difficult but fair um hmm. do those boss fights um you said that this was 2019 this is very, very recent yeah how did it compare to uh were you a big fan of metroid did you play a lot of it or Castlevania. Um, I am I'm, I'm kind of a baby in the Metroidvania. I like Metroidvanias, but I haven't actually played a lot of Metroid or Castlevania. I played okay. Metroid Zero Mission and Fusion were the two I had played prior to this. So your biggest comparisons are what? Was it Anodyne and Blasphemous to this? Um, On this list, I mean, Blasphemous is like the Castlevania side, and this is like the Metroid side. But this is a small game, very small okay. game. Like this is, is bite-sized. It's like three hours for the whole thing. Oh, oh okay. A delicious uh, little snack of a game. Yeah, no, it actually sounds like it was a it was a really good game. It sounds like it it's done very well. Uh, and as far as a a newer Metroidvania, um, would you recommend this to a friend? Yeah, definitely. 
like th- okay. this uh, and it's a cheap game too it's on sale regularly this is definitely one i'd like if you like the idea of metroid pick up gato robato i'm gonna give it an 85 85 for gato robato next on the list is legend zelda minish cap 2004 um, this is a Zelda game from Capcom. They previously made Oracle of Ages and Seasons, and uh, those three games together are three of the Zelda games that I've never beaten. Um, and so Minish Cap got knocked off those this year. Um, the big hook on this one is that you have a magical hat that lets you shrink down so you're real small and you hang out with small people called Pikori. Um, the main villain is of the Pikori naturally, so like the whole story revolves around like getting to know that community, getting to know your hat, which is a Pikori turned into a hat, and um, going from there. Um, cool dungeon design. I didn't really have any complaints on that side of things. Like this just felt like a pretty solid Zelda game in that respect. I really dig 2D Zelda. That's, that's kind of my Zelda of choice. So it was nice to play a new one that I hadn't played before. Um, there were a couple times on the overworld where I got a little confused where I was supposed to go. Oh, but the worst thing about this one is you get these stupid tokens that you have to trade with other people. I can't even think what they're called now, but they're in like every treasure chest. So you'll be like, oh, treasure chest, what's it going to be? And it's like, oh, it's another one of these dumb tokens. And I didn't want any more of the tokens. I was sick of them. (laughs) What was your least favorite moment in the game? Every single time I got one of those stupid trading tokens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they were just it became so annoying I, I i did a let's play for a lot of this game so you can go back and hear me lose my mind when i get those tokens whatever they're called okay what is your um do you, did you really feel like you had any really big memorable moments uh that's really stuck with you um there's a couple puzzles in the dungeons that were pretty cool there's one where you're like on a track and have to light torches but you have to like figure out which one to light in the right order based on where the track's going so that the first one isn't burnt out by the time you get the last one lit um, there's a couple things like that, um, puzzles that that I remember liking a lot. Nothing that's as memorable to me as like the puzzles from Ocarina of Time, but that could be because of that being in 3D or because I've played it a heck of a lot more. Hmm. What was your favorite item? I cannot think of any items from this game except for these stupid things called digger claws that just let you, that there's like walls made of sand and it lets you dig through them. Why can I not think of any okay. items? Well, hey, if you can oh. remember that at least, remember any of them. I mean, there's probably the bow and arrow at some point. There's, yeah, it's I, been I, a long, I remember there being bombs. I remember. Uh, I'm sure it has all those Zelda E things, but, but nothing's like standing out to me as like, that was particularly fun to use in this game. Did this have the platforms where you could like make like multiple copies of yourself? Yeah, this has those, okay. and it has, oh, it has the flip stick. That's one of the items where you 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 point a magical stick at a hole, and then you can jump out into that hole, and it sends you flying out of it for some what? reason that I don't understand, but that was pretty fun. It sounds like this uh, has held up really well, and it's done really good. Um, I'm actually going to give this a 90. It sounds like you had right. a really good time with it. <clears throat> All right. Next up on the list is Castlevania Circle of the Moon from 2001. This was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. I played it then. I didn't get very far in it. Um, I decided to play it this time because I had played Blasphemous, and I was like, I should go I should go play some Castlevania. And I decided I was going to play through this game, and it was freaking hard to do. Um, it m- was probably comparable in difficulty for me to Blasphemous, and I don't think it's supposed to be. I think I was just not very good at it. It has a very cool weapon system, though, um, that I think is kind of unique to this one, where you get cards as you defeat certain enemies. And there's two 
like types of cards and depending which one you have equipped in a and which one you have equipped in b you'll get different power-ups so like the a card might be a whip and then the b card will be stone and so then you have a whip that'll turn enemies to stone when you use it um a very cool system except for the cards don't drop off nearly often enough so like in order to get all the cards you probably are going to need to use a guide to find out what enemies drop each of the different cards because you won't get all of them just naturally playing through hmm. it sounds like that was actually like a unique system for giving you uh uh, uh interesting effects for your items for attacking different foes uh how did you feel castlevania has always very well been known for enemy design uh mm -hmm. level flow and the soundtrack how did you feel about those? Um, soundtrack, I can't speak to too much just because I was playing this in handheld with the volume down a lot of the time. Because um, if I'm playing in handheld, I often will have the volume down. Um, so I, I can't speak to that too much. The The character design was really good. The castle itself, the, the like world that you existed in this game, I really liked. I liked exploring that a lot. Um, the enemies were pretty cool. There's a lot of werewolves and stuff like that um, that all had like unique attacks and it felt good to learn the patterns and be able to know what to expect when you came across those and the boss designs were really cool as well okay uh i think i would give this based on your suggestion and me trying to assume what if, if, if you liked it or not uh, <laughs> i i well, okay do you feel like this was um a really good game uh or do you say do you think it was at least a good game or do you think it could have been a great game um, I think this was a good game that's held back by some places with outrageous difficulty. Okay. Uh, I think 75. Okay. I'm feeling it's drawing to me. It's yelling at me. Next on the list is Paper Mario. I've never played the Paper Mario franchise, so I decided to go back and play the first one. Came out in 2001 originally. Um, this is uh, an RPG, a turn-based RPG. It is um, a simple one, but it is um, delightful in its simplicity. Like when you start out, and you do your first attack, you do one damage. And by the time you finish the game, if you're doing like five damage, it's exciting. So the numbers are small, but I like that because it made it much easier to understand what was happening um, compared to, you know, Disgaea where you do like eight billion damage. And I'm like, okay, but what does that even mean? That's like incomprehensible to me. Um, the characters in this are absolutely delightful. The story's really cute. The game is beautiful. Um, really, really well-written dialogue. It's it's funny. Like, video games aren't very good at being funny, but there was funny stuff that happened in this game um, because the, the characters in the world are just really well, um, well done. And so it felt real and funny and entertaining and had a good combat system. Like, I enjoyed the combat, even though it was simple. Um, yeah. Hmm. Do you, uh, the characters that inhabited the world, like NPCs and stuff, do you think that they were really memorable in this game? Definitely. Both both characters that end up uh, joining your party, which there's a pretty good amount of, as well as um, other NPCs. Like, there, there's a lot of really memorable characters in this. Not that I remember specific names necessarily, but I like there are interactions that I remember. Right. Okay. Um, the story itself... Um you were you felt like it was a fun story having having comical moments in a game is rare at times sometimes it seems like uh so getting that in this uh seems like that was a, a breath of fresh air <laughs> having yeah. having moments to smile and laugh and it sounds like overall that that led to a a decent experience um i'm feeling an 85 on this 85 it's pa it's paper, paper mario. mario now th this is for cutaway for editor troy uh, it's 11.16, and I am very, very tired. <laughs> Would you like to pick up this list tomorrow? 
That's totally fine. Um, I'm, I'm actually, you know what? I'm even going to leave that in because we're just past halfway through. So worst case scenario, this will be part one and there'll okay. be a part two where we go through the second half of the list. And then part three will be where we figure out what was actually the best game. Absolutely. Um, because I've, I've, I, and I feel like this is a great moment because the next game is going to be a perfect start for a part yeah, two. <laughs> that'll be a fun one to talk about. So, um, you know what? Let's just, I'm a, I'm a freaking call it. Hey, that's been part one of my best of the year of 2020, my game of the year 2020. Thank you, Evan, for helping me out. Um, Thank you, Troy, for inviting me. Do the things and find you and stuff. Uh, let's see. I'm at, at Sir. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I don't want them to find me, but I want them to follow me. <laughs> wait, wait, not like that. <laughs> uh, I think uh, you can find me at Sir Rajata on Twitter. Um, you can find me on sometimes on Thoughtscast, my podcast that I started and I hardly ever host anymore. Um, <laughs> in fact, your wife has, I think, now done. Uh, you, Arjuna, and your wife have kept that show alive. <laughs> I was going to well, say, between my wife and I, we've done three plumbing-based episodes. At, oh, at least. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, right. This is three, three parts. Um, I started a podcast called um, uh, Interesting People and Evan Tolley. Um, and, uh, that's, that's also out there in the wild somewhere. Uh, but it's, I've only got one episode up and I plan to keep growing it. Uh, Corona kind of got in the way of that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do interviews. It turns out. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever there's nobody there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Aside from that, like just listen around on, uh, the probably work podcasts. Cause I'll probably show up on various podcasts all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's, that's me. Um, cool. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having well, me on. You. It's been fun. I can't wait to be on again, uh, maybe tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, like I said, I'm at your disposal for, for scheduling. So no, absolutely. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll continue our 2020 game of the year discussion uh, sometime later on the Power Playthroughs podcast with Joe Power. Until then, tap A and hope for the best. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Hi, I'm Evan, and I sure enjoy me some podcasts. Wow, this podcast sure is enjoyable, but sometimes... Life has a little bit more pegged on for you than what you thought. Oh man, is that a missile? Uh, I'm okay? Thoughtscast, part of the We Can Make This Work Probably podcast network.